And you are very welcome. Season 3, episode 29 of LOI Weekly with Johnny Ward and Daniel MacDonald. And our guests today are Paul Doolan in studio. We will have audio from Decky Devine from their heartbreaking FEI Cup defeat uh, to Dundalk on Friday night after extra time. No replays in Oriel, uh, which is obviously a sad thing, but most of you disagree. I think 75% down on the poll don't want replays in the FEI Cup. No, I mean, no. And they're completely right. They're not right. Paul Doolan? Um, replays a good or a bad thing. Remember the old glory days? Of well, I think replays? if you're probably look, um, at Dirty City, you're definitely looking for a replay yeah. and like the stroke of the 90 something minute, was it? Or, mm. or, 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 or like there or thereabouts, Dundalk scored and they're out where they'll probably be saying, well, at least we have another shot. Yeah. Again, too, there seems to be a problem with the fixtures. Maybe it is um, a good thing just play it to the finish. If you're up the top, you probably want to finish. Yeah. If you're down the bottom or in the mid-table, you probably want the replay. We'll, we'll chat about that um, very soon, actually, because the FAI Cup next weekend looks like it's going to fo- run into a myriad of problems. Um, a bit of a joke, really, what's going on, actually. But we are on podcasts, probably Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, at LOI Weekly on Twitter, in association with Airsport and Independent.ie. And uh, just welcome to the two of you on the show, obviously, Dan and uh, Paul Doolan, how are you, Paul? Not bad, Johnny. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you were telling yeah. us you had a bit of drama the last time you were on afterwards. Found something, yes, yes, uh, yes. I was on the way home and um, from the last time I was on a few months back there, I was coming down by the Memorial Park, and then of course, my vision spotted it. You know, yeah, really good vision. You always good vision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good eye for a player. Good there eye was for this, a pass. Um, good, good eye for a wallet. <laughs> <laughs> there was this um, wallet lying on the ground. I said, Ah, um, I didn't bother stopping. I was going down. I reversed then and picked it up. And sure, lo and behold. Twelve hundred and fifty euros cash. Any any uh, temptation not to not to give it to the the person? No, none whatsoever. Yeah, just went down and spent it all in yeah. JD Sports or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. Uh, after finding your wallet with four hundred quid in it here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I contacted the um, the guy and he seemed like that he had had a um, a rough day. He, had to he lost his, his dog. Dog, or something. Yeah, yeah, and had to put him down. And I think he had these, he said he had his wallet on top of the the, the roof of the car and drove off and sure. Again, honest me. Honest always Paul, being, yeah, Always yeah. being like that. Absolutely. So, absolutely. so you expect anything here other than the truth. Absolutely. <laughs> never, <laughs> never doubt Paul Doolan's honesty. Uh, <laughs> it's, been, um, it's been a mad week um, before we get to the results. Four managers are gone. Um, John Cotter is gone. Neil Fain is gone, obviously, to pastures new. Collie O'Neill is gone. And Harry, Kelly, Harry Kenny is gone. Uh, all in the space of about eight or nine days. Mad stuff. Um, in the managerial merry-go-round, that's a lot of happening. Yeah, I think um, obviously with Neil Fenn, his was um, self-driven himself. You know what I mean? Mm. It wasn't that he was sacked. Um, again, you could say they're still going to challenge for the playoff spot. So you'd say with three games to go, you know what was the thinking? Um, I've a, I've a serious issue know. with this. I'd love to have Neil on the show, but yeah. um, maybe I, I, maybe he felt that it, it may not have come around. Cork may not have I waited. Think he, or I think he alluded yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. I, like there's no doubt in that yeah. it could have been handled a lot better. Like you wrote an article on it yesterday. Yeah, for there's no doubt it could have been handled better from all sides. I I can understand why Cork wanted him in now, um, but they could have waited till that. I think they probably. I think they took their eye off the ball in terms of that cup match. I, I don't know. Did they just think they'd be fine anyway? Because it's Galway and they're a struggling explain. first division club. Well, the Galway are a struggling no, first division club. No, but explain how they took their eye off the ball. Well, well, just in the sense that they created this uh, mini circus around the game in a situation that you have someone like John Cotter who interviewed for the job and then didn't get it. And then he's there on a Friday or on Thursday probably having told the players well I actually haven't got the job which obviously must plant the seed although you still think the players should be professional enough to get the well, job done I mean I, I will come back to that but just to explain where we were that um, everyone in the country knew that Neil Fenn was going to Cork but it wasn't announced 
by Longford or by Cork. So we have Neil Fenn in the stands in Galway on Friday, like pictured in the stands while John Cotter is the dead man walking on the sideline. And I must, like, it's not enough of an excuse for the players to excuse why they didn't have a shot on target in 90 minutes for a full time club against a, you know, a, basically a part time amateur one. But it, it is, at the same time, there's no doubt it could have been handled in a better way. They, 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 they could have told Neil Fenn they had the job, but just said, listen, let's get through these cup games and we'll do it over the weekend. Now, word would get out, I guess, but it was the way it the was optics. done. The optics of it were all, Paul, were all yeah, 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 but the only thing I would have said too, if you look at UCD, they appointed Magic and should have, they got the bounce. Mm. From it, the beep had three one. No, but if they had of his point is though, Neil Fair was in the crowd and John Cotter was in the side. Yeah, but you see, some managers, to be fair, John, too, when they get appointed, if they're playing um, Man City, they say, No, hold on, I'll sit in the stand, I'll leave it till the following week. Mm. But if you're playing against, as Daniel's just um, alluded to, you're um, away in the FA Cup to a fourth division team who are not really um, flying at the moment, you'd say. They're mid-table, I think. Not they're even, more near the even, bottom. Yeah. yeah, You might have said, okay, we'll announce it. And if you're going to go there, why would you sit in the crowd? You would have been better off maybe going straight in. And it, sure, sure, who knows? They could have won the game. They could be still in the cup. It still may not be. Football is ruthless. Yeah, and it is ruthless. They had the to team. agree a deal about Longford, I think, as well. So I yeah. think that was possibly the reason. But I just think just how the whole thing played out and and and... From the John Cotter perspective, I think it could have gone, it could have been handled better. Yeah, that's right. Because you know, because I thought, I thought from the outside, just looking in, just like basically reading the um, probably articles like your own and different papers and whatever. That I thought John was building going forward. I thought he was the manager. I thought he was going to be the manager mm. because mm. they got in um, Frank Kelleher, so we could be at. But I thought then by the end of the, I don't know the year was it or the end of the season he might have been qualified. I don't know, but it didn't sound like to me that he only had on an intern. Mm. And now again, Tion, I think it was a bit. It was a bit harsh, you know. Yeah, I, I think the argument for Neil Fenn going in there, I would say, is that like a lot of that Cork squad are at contract, and a lot of that Cork squad are, you know, they're they're under pressure and should be under pressure because they haven't performed. And I guess, um, and Paul would know more about this that like you can probably learn a certain amount about players from watching them in the stands. But by getting in there now and getting him to work with those players, he can see what they're like around the club, what their attitude is like. You know, have they just lost their way because things weren't going well or have they just, do they need to be replaced? So I can understand why they need to get Neil Fenn in before the end of the season. If he is your man going forward and like he is, like why not get him started as quickly as possible and rebuilding for next season because they have to rebuild. Yeah. But but like from Neil Fenn's perspective, like you know he's built a team with Longford, he's built a rapport over a particular period of time. It's three games to go in a season in the playoffs. It doesn't, it doesn't look great. But, you know, football clubs will 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 be will throw you out quickly enough as well if things aren't going yeah, well. Absolutely, so you have to absolutely. be. No, I, I take you your have point to be selfish, that. but it's it's. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's no doubt. Like as I said, I, basic point. It could have been handled better from all mm. sides. I no I, I I don't have a major issue with Cork wanting him at this stage at the season. Don't have a major issue with that. My issue is with Neil Finn because Neil Finn would have been given a good budget at Longford. He was there for two seasons. He was he probably had mostly what he wanted. He was treated well. He had a good relationship with the club. And I completely agree, Dan. Clubs are every bit as selfish as yeah. individuals. It's just, if you build for a massive, massive uh, promotion to the Premier Division, which they're very much um, in, in, in contention for... But the only 
Like you can't leave at this stage no, of the season. Well, I, just, I can't. I can't have look, that. Well, I have no There's no can. loyalty. And if I were a Longford fan, I'd be very, very pissed of off. Of course you would. Of course. course. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. anyone on the Longford board, I'd be like, well, we've we've had this relationship for two years, and then with one percent of those two years to go or whatever it is, you go off to a club that have nothing to play for. Yeah, but the only thing is, though, I mean, I would have no issue to be honest. Um, whether it was uh, managers do what they want, that's fine. That's 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 the sport you're in. It's a professional sport, and he probably felt he wanted to move. But what I would say is maybe Cork should have sorted it out the Monday before the cup game that he was there and all ready for that cup game mm. and he would have had probably no problems like what we're talking about here saying that there's less or like it's not nice or whatever it, it could have been sorted out they could have been true and they could be still in the cup mm. and still have something to play for well see when you were at Cork like we, so we've, yeah. we've read the couple of books the crap you had to put up with your time <laughs> at Cork right compared to Neil Fenn's kind of pampered time in a way at Longford where every, there seemed to be no issues there they had a decent budget they didn't get promoted last season this season they're what are they third in the table relative to budget they're probably doing about where they should should be yeah. um, so if you screwed off on Cork, you'd every right to because. But Longford, it, there should be some kind of you know two two way process there. Yeah. Where Longford are in the they're bang in the middle of, of of trying to get promoted. They could even potentially have finished second if things had gone well the last while. Yeah. I don't, I just don't like this, and I'd yeah. love to have Neil Finn on the show. And he's more or less said this: if I didn't take this now, it mightn't come up again. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah, but where's your loyalty to the club? Like, is there any loyalty at all in the game anymore? Well, again, too. Look, John. I mean, I think. Uh, um, Professional sport, he has been with Longford for the f- like what like what is it two seasons? Nearly two mm-hmm. seasons. Yeah. yeah, and I mean he has done well with them, as you say. Okay, he's been given a decent budget, and that's good. I mean I think that's what you want. That's what I feel the way the league should be. There should be pit band clubs having good budgets, and that's what you want. Mm. If he wants to go to Cork, that's up to him. I mean at the end of the day, um, would you have done the same thing? Again, too. Again, it's very like, like honestly, it's hypothetical because mm. unless you're in that situation, you know, he's probably thinking Cork City. I mean, he played down there. He was a favourite down there um, with them. They're a big club. I don't know what happened to them this year. I just don't. Unless someone here knows, I don't know. I don't know what happened to them at all. How they've gone from where they were to where they are at the moment. I just don't. I just don't know how or what's at the happening. So again, too, if if, if Neil wants to, that's fine. I don't really have issues with him. Right. Um, we'll go through. We we'll go yeah. through um, the results and get to a few other matters. UCD beat Patrick's three one after the game. Um, bit of a sorry sight, really. Harry Kenny was. Um, the fans were kind of chanting for him to. He sacked, um, and then he left. He resigned by mutual um, consent, which I think is the greatest bullshit of all time. How do you resign by mutual consent? Like this is the modern football. Yeah. That's, that's absolute crap. Like he didn't resign by mutual consent. It's, 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 clearly, so like just just come, don't be, don't be giving us bullshit. But that, yeah, like. but there's, yeah, but John, there are legal reasons. The, 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 all that. The, the, that language is, is carefully put down yeah, for a reason but, because it's a but, condition but, of a. But then, but then, then you're reading you're reading something that basically is not true. It's factually he's telling us on Friday he's going to battle. Welcome through to him, football. And then on Saturday he's Welcome basically to football. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welcome Derry to City football. two, Dundalk three. After extra time, a cracker of a game that Dan was at. Going United one, Cork City nil. Uh, I was at that game. Bowes won, Longford won. Longford under Dara Doyle, absolutely excellent on the night. By all accounts, should have gone through. Thriller, extra time and penalties. I mean, they could have gone back to Longford after 90 minutes and yeah. done that, John. And, yeah. and, and a good crowd in for Longford to see um, them have a chance rather than the lottery of a penalty shootout playing at home and Dundalk would have had the chance uh, to win uh, at Oriel. On a Tuesday night? <laughs> Tuesday night then in Longford? Uh, yeah. I, I, that would have got the buzz going. Why not? No, it was... 
they, they had the so Longford Town haven't had like bows at home. They just had to bring a handful of fans to Daly Mount, and the, the game went to extra time. How many replays would there have been this season? I Three or the, four. The drama of it being settled on the night, I think, was was better. Yeah. Everyone who voted in that poll, I'm disgusted with you if you didn't vote yeah. for replays. But uh, anyway, I see where you're coming from as well. Shamrock Rovers four, Drogheda United nil. Interesting game there. It took them nearly an hour to break them down. Um, Glen Gad nil, Watford two. Michael O'Connor uh, on the score sheet there. Uh, former player under Paul, I think. Sligo yeah. 6, Limerick 2. Uh, interesting, interesting game there. Interesting game, yeah. And Crumlin 3, Luke and 1. I couldn't believe that. Let's get, like, let's get starting on the, on the, the Cup. <laughs> um, we, we'll rush through this because it is the FAI Cup and it's a load of crap. doesn't really matter anymore. No, um, I, disagree you, I disagree with I'm, you I'm, there. I'm, I'm taking the piss out. Yeah. He actually yeah. loves um, the FAI Cup. Um, uh, it does matter a lot this season. I mean, it it's building up to be very good this season. Whether the quarterfinal is actually going to be is the other question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's start on the games. It looked like an absolute cracker in Brandywell. Well, it was a cracker, but I wouldn't go... like It was a... A thrilling cup tie, but actually there was large periods of the game where it actually wasn't that much. Like, like the dog went one 0 up, and they were very comfortable in the first half, really. And then after half time, went a bit mad. There was a goal either side, and the, like Derry equalised, and dog went ahead straight away. Then a two one, and dog were pretty much in control of the game. Peter Cherry made a couple of very good saves, um, one in particular from Huben and. Dundalk have rotated their squad they brought McElhaney on and about 20 minutes to go you're in that match report deadline mode it's like yeah Dundalk are yeah. going to see this one out mm. they're okay and in fairness Declan Devine made a couple of changes I think they'd, they were probably targeting Dundalk down their left side a bit in the game and they, they had some joy there with McDonough and having a great um, season isn't he McDonough, but even just players were coming out into that position and, and all of a sudden just the tide turned. They got a goal out of nothing. Rogers probably could have done better with the cross, or there was a bit of a mix-up maybe with the players in front of him, mm. and it was a bit of a nothing goal. And then all of a sudden, the dock were on the ropes, and Derry were going for it. And Derry really could have won it in normal time. Harkin hit, hit the, bar the bar at the yeah. end, mm. and just around that, like that last 10, 15, 20 minutes of the game, and then the start of extra time was like, "Geez, this is this the knock this the knock's treble dream. This could be it." Um, and then it sort of it went into slightly cagey territory, and um, Peter you know, Cherry the, wouldn't be happy with the. First he wouldn't be happy the with the goal. goal. I mean, one thing about the winning goal as well, I don't know, it didn't really come across in the replay. Um, and I do mention it to Declan Devine in the audio later on that Junior, who just come back in, because obviously Parkhouse was suspended, which was a big blow for Derry. Then Junior comes back in. He was then with cramp when the ball was in play, and he and. There's, no, not a, not a single Derry player really appealed because it wasn't an, maybe from an injury situation. Not a single Derry player appealed for Dundalk to knock the ball out of play. Now, a more savvy streetwise team, someone would would make a noise. There was no noise made, and Daniel Cleary strolled on, sent the ball into the box, and Kelly scores. scores. Like there was no anger afterwards. It wasn't like people running after him going, "Why didn't he kick the ball out?" It was, yeah. it was just, it was that little bit of like professionalism, being a bit streetwise and mm. savvy and. That's what the, that Dundalk team still has, and they were by no means at their best, but they they got it done. You know, it's yeah, just a little thing. Yeah, but it's, I'd it's agree with you there. I think that, like obviously the experience they've built up over the years, and you're probably right. And I've seen them a few times, and that that they're probably not flying the way they were last year. I don't think mm. um, at times in games. But the good thing is they know how to win, and Dundalk do. Because I remember watching the Rovers game in Tallaght when Sean Gannon scored mm. uh, in the second half. Should he won that game with eight men? Because none of the three players, yeah. top players, played that night. Yeah. Michael Duffy, John Mountney, and Pat Hoban. Not very good. Chris Shields didn't play, not playing, but they know how to win. Rovers probably played not bad in that game. Mm, but yeah, Dundalk yeah. defended when they had to defend. And that's the good thing about them. They defend well. Mm. And obviously, the likes of Derry didn't defend that one well. Whether that had a, an issue to play in the goal. 
I mean, you can't I, I say, think well, so, I was psych- hoping that they... Psychologically, <coughs> you might be a bit thrown as well when you see one of your players is going down with cramp and you're like, what's going on? Possibly, we, yeah. Do you know, because, um, you know, whether... It, you're playing on that pitch as well. He was probably getting quite tired, um, but it's... it's Like, I would love to have seen Derry go have a run in the cup this yeah. year, being honest with But you. they've been okay against mm. them, Dundalk, um, Derry. I think they've caused them more problems than most teams have. They've, they've come yeah. from behind. Yeah, a they've, couple of times, They've yeah. come from... In every, yeah. in every game, I think the last three games have finished two all. Yeah. Derry came from two goals behind and one. Last week, it was more the... Every time they conceded, they got one mm. back until the mm. one that came too late. So no, and like and they, I mean, it's it sounds like a patronising pat in the head thing, but there was a great spirit about Derry. Like the atmosphere was great. That actually made the tie. The sense that like there is like a bond between that the, the players there and and the fans, which maybe might have drifted a small bit. Mm. And uh, so I think that they're a club probably that is going in the right direction. But obviously, you know they. They're just that 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 bit off, but the, their actual performances against the better sides this year have been very good. good They've actually yeah. dropped some points elsewhere. Right, they'd yeah, probably yeah. be more, yeah, they'd I mean, be more disappointed with. Yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I do think that's. Um, I'm sure if they qualified for Europe and if they happened to beat them Dock in the League Cup final, they'd be really happy with that, which is really good for. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, yeah. they want to stop the Dock winning that treble, which yeah. you know, well, you, well, you, 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 you know yourself the significance of that. It's the only one in the books. Yeah, you know? I mean you're right there, and it is. But I think they're um, Dock are probably the only team, not just because they're in the League. Uh, cup final and they're still in the I mean they're a good team to be fair to them even though as I say that they're not probably in a lot of the games I've seen even in their European games I didn't think that they were good as good as what they have been over the past I, d- I have to say I didn't mm. um, I mean you look back in them uh, against Riga I think the, the game in Aurea I think Riga played with eight players that night because their mm. three front players were horrendous mm. I didn't think that they were any use, and I, like I was hoping that that like Dundalk could probably do. Now they're still in Europe, Riga. Really. The main thing is that mm. the Belco, the Belco, the big striker, has come. He to was terrible. L- yeah, he's come to life from the Belco then, and you know. Roger, the Brazilian, and was a Papa Sue or Baba Sue. He was like Peggy Sue. I'm I think. <laughs> but, um, but I didn't see anything. I, I, I just thought it was a, an opportunity. I know they got through Dundalk, but if you look at the two goals and six games in the European, ah, it's not yeah, good it's enough. not good. But enough. do you think that's a? Re- do you think that they just didn't play well relative to their ability or do you think that that is their level? Because then you look at how other teams they've played against have done and it's a bit of a mixed bag. You know, like, Do you think they can do better or is this just where they're at right now? Well, I thought um, Riga, I've seen better teams here um, in European um, games that's come to Ireland. I just didn't think that they were great. But then the dog hadn't got Duffy in the second game. Mm. Um, but I just didn't think that um, they played. They played okay over there. They had some half chances and that. But... Previously to that, they were really good. When the, like the the Daryl Horgan team and that team, really good um, squad. I thought and played really well, but I just didn't think that they did. And you know, like even the Carabag game. I mean, the one all game. And I understand that um, the last time the dog went, I think it was the Cyprus. It was nil off in the home leg. Should have got three down in twenty minutes. Yeah. It seemed like to me, tactically, they had a low block in that game. And the only probably position I thought they could have done maybe something different might have been on the right, either Kelly or Mountie. The Jamie McGrath and McElhenney together in the team. And if you're playing, for me, a low block, if you look at teams, even now with the Champions League games last night, you need pace out in the sides. And they didn't have it. Dan I didn't Kelly has that in abundance. Dan Kelly come on in that game. But mm. it would have made no odds. People were saying that, and it's great, and it's admirable what people are saying. Yeah, like you need to tell the truth. There's no way where they're ever going to get to the group stage. It's simple. Carabag or Dundalk? No, Dundalk. Yeah. The money is just not being put into clubs. Mm. It's totally different. And you look at the game, 
Dundalk, okay, they were in at half time, not a problem, but they never came out. That's okay. But when you do come out then, should have could have ended in, up. In fairness to Vinnie Perth, I think he's he's kind of always spoken about the Europa League group stages, not really the Champions League group stages. I think they're quite realistic in that regard. Yeah. Um, but, but even the Europa, Johnny, I think it's difficult. Linfield, Linfield could, could nearly have done to, it. Like, you can get to that yeah, play. You know. I mean, there's a lot of clubs, like Riga are in that playoff round, Linfield yeah, are in that playoff, playoff round. Because yeah. it's through that new Champions route, which didn't exist when... when exactly. So, you know, when you were a draw and you lost yeah. to Kiev that time, you would have liked a, you know, course, a, yeah. a parachute effort. And like that, that is the, that is realistic to mm. to to get into that favorable to, draw. To get into that. that playoff round, and then yeah. it's look at a draw because I've, I'm I'm like a broken record. There was two, there was there's two or three ties in that in that playoff round where unseeded teams play unseeded teams, which is why the team from Luxembourg is playing the team from Armenia. So there's there is there is there is mad look at a draw available there if you can mm. get there. But yeah, but John, I think that pay, Daniel, yeah. sorry, like you can say that, but Cork drew a team from Luxembourg and lost. Yeah, Cork were no, poor. Yeah, I think. I think yeah. Cork should have. I know, I know, but yeah. Cork, you know, Cork in the second leg, all of a sudden realised that maybe they let one, they let one go yeah, there. But, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I do think when you're talking about qualifying for group stage, it's really a, 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 like a tough ask. There's, there's clubs spending twenty million that can't even mm. qualify for the Europa League. Mm. Oh, no, it's very true. Mm. That, that pace point, I think, is a, is a good one to make, and that would have been my observation watching the dock in Europe. That there was at times that they actually looked a bit laboured, a bit slow, yeah. and. Like that, every, I don't think they were team. playing well. There was players weren't playing well, mm. and if you were talking about playing like that, and that's fine. I said I don't have a penalty. Were more than three nothing in the, the last last year's games in in Cyprus. Pat Huben's not quick. A great all round player can head, can hold the ball, can strike the ball, but he's not really quick. And Michael Duffy on one side, Jamie McGrath, technically one of the best players I've been ever involved with. Patrick McElhenney the same, but you need pace out outwards. You need to be able to get and threaten people. If you're going to play a low block, that's what you well, need. In my opinion, it's funny because yeah, Young no, Lavery, um, Young Lavery's pace was basically the difference up in Windsor. He but it's hard to believe they got three goals. Against yeah, he, he, mur- he, he murdered the. But the type of goal he got was the type of thing that the lock didn't really do in Absolutely. Europe this year. But they didn't. They, they, took they didn't, they didn't have yeah. that player, and we don't have that many pacey players in the league. Full stop. So to have someone like Dan Kelly, maybe he was underused. But we we need to go to get some of the other results. Yeah. UCD 3, Pats 1, um, I was flabbergasted by this result, yeah. I have to say, you know, UCD coming in on the back of their performances and obviously the loss of Colin O'Neill, sometimes yeah. you, can get a, you can get a bounce from a new manager, but Harry Kenny lost his job because of this, essentially, Paul, what did yeah. you make of it? Well, I think, um, Johnny, to be honest with you, look, I know Harry well, mm. I played in front of him for a few years at um, Shamrock Rovers. Uh, Very likeable bloke. Yeah, um, and I think when you look... Um, if I'm not mistaken, he had an article in the paper there, it was in your paper, I don't know whether it was with yourself, Dan, uh, there a while back there where he was talking about full-time football and he said he didn't really sort of, um, it was maybe about two months ago, do you remember? No, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, yeah, 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 he had an article and, you know, you're saying that he was saying he didn't really, uh, he thought it was a bit of a, a strange thing, uh, it broke his heart at times, you know, he says he's used to going to work and whatever and again too, at that time, they haven't really played well, let's be fair. Pats? No, they haven't. Pats are, in fairness, they're still in with the show to getting uh, top four. Yeah. Top, top four will very yeah. likely get you into Europe. Europe possibly, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. But yeah. I think they haven't probably. They've sort of played in fits and starts. And I mean, they've signed some players. They really have. They have a good squad of players. Again, for me, and it's funny, Harry was a defender. They don't seem to be able to defend. And I remember being Pats. the last time I was on this show, you had um, Ian Birmingham sitting facing me. <laughs> and again, too, my argument was then <clears throat> they play well. Technically good when Liam was there. Very good attacking, but couldn't defend to save their life. For the last four years, they haven't really done anything. He signed Aaron Connolly, not Aaron Connolly, and Glenn McCauley, who seems like he might be a bit of a goal man, 
and I think that the result in Cork they got there a few weeks ago. You're saying, well, he might like they might Hale do something. Got to go, uh, Hale around, as well. Yeah, Ron Hale, Hale yeah. yeah, yeah, and and then the, like you go to UCD. Bear in mind they've lost twelve games in a row at one stage. UCD picked up a couple of results and then got beaten ten one. Now, I mean, I don't think that's that. Like, like to be fair, ten one is not really. Yeah, I couldn't. It doesn't see do much for the league. I don't no, think. No, no, we, we had that no, discussion no, last week. No. I, just, I, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't see this coming. No, like. no. I couldn't see them. No, yeah. no. I, I have to say, but then that goes back to what we spoke about earlier. Maybe it was clever at UCD. They're getting another round out of the cup. They put them in straight away, and yeah. look, they got the result they wanted. I mm. think. I think the timing of bringing them in was right, but uh, Dan, I was flabbergasted. Mm. Yeah, there's just something like I, I. It's very hard to put your finger on what it is with Pats because they do actually have good players. Mm. Like I don't know where. I they, don't think they can offend Dan. Yeah, uh, defending is amazing. Yeah, I, I the 27 goals like from 29 a, games isn't that they're, bad they're a full time like they're a full time club yep. like are they are they as maybe I don't know are they as fit or as, as can they compete with other clubs that are of a similar standard I, well the I only thing know. I used to say with a full time club when I was in, um, involved was two things you should be fit and you should know what you're doing because mm. you have your squad every day of the week mm. so yeah. they should know what they're doing they've scored they they've scored fit. 24 goals in the league as opposed to 55 for Dundalk 41 for Bowes 44 for Derry 24 for Pats but Glenn McCauley's yeah. come in and they've actually looked they've looked a lot better I think he was playing on the wing on Friday but night. I think even Harry said himself to be fair like, that they haven't been consistent and I mm. think that's the thing they've actually I mean like the week before I talked about you know that they actually finished strongly against Sligo and, and that, that looked like a good win for them mm, and yeah. you mentioned the late goal then in Cork so actually that's some games that they've I'm contradicting myself they've actually yeah, finished strongly sure. but um, they, they haven't been consistent. It's not a club that you would you you look at this and go, yeah, they're a solid. I trust them to go and do a job there. They've they they seem to throw one in every so often. You know, they just are not. They haven't been consistent. Obviously, like there's some factors. You know, someone like Forrester come in was going to be a big player for them. It hasn't happened. Um, even a couple of the other signings like Reese McCabe and stuff have hasn't necessarily worked out. Um, you know, so on reputation they have a good squad, but actually in terms of maybe how they've performed, is it is it that good a squad as well? You you would you would you would raise the point. You I would say so, though, like they they brought Harry Harry in. Um, as far as I remember, it was it was less than a year ago. He was brought in. You brought him in, and now you're letting him go within a year. So you got it wrong. Like or why? Or what I agree with you there, John. Like, and I think that like happens you can't a lot. Like a manager after a year, uh, less than a year. But this like. is about to say, like whether Harry was asked to leave or whether he left himself. It doesn't. He's, he he he's had ten months. That's all. Ten months. Like I was, I was mm. speaking to a few lads about this. A couple of managers, like, what is? It's ten months in. They're fourth in the table. Granted, they're out of the cup. Four, fifth in the table. They've done a little bit below expectations. But he's not even in the job a year. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that's the problem. But that you mentioned that, like, Pats are on that threshold between will they make Europe or will they not? They're not like at the moment. You're going to say not, but they have a chance to do it. Mm. Um, like. This what you're is saying is he's gone because they need to make Europe. Yeah, I think that they like they, they did invest. But they were in it this yeah. year as yeah. well. When you think well, about they got, it, yeah. they got in and, it by complete exactly. Yeah. So Default, I mean, you know? like they were in it this year. So okay, that might have made up for next year that they didn't. These ten months there. But I feel that clubs in general, to me, from the outside looking in, maybe because I'm looking for a job, <laughs> I think clubs are making the wrong appointments. And that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I not, there's not enough. From. There's not enough people do be honest about it, and that's been. And, no. that, and that's my view. Well, we'll, 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 get, uh, we'll get to that though after yeah. we get through the results because I yeah. do want to have a t- talk about this. I, I think uh, even going to the Premier League, a lot of appointments, Solskjaer and Lampard yeah. to me are fanciful. I don't, I don't. I think there's a lot of crap in it. But um, Galway United won Cork City nil was the other result. Uh, we had Alan Murphy with a, an occasionally spiky interview last week, but he. He delivered the goods. Um, I think he said after the game that they've two or three lads really earning any money and the rest are basically amateurs. 
uh, I cannot. I'm not sure if Cove have twice the budget of them, though. But anyway, that's, I, that's, I, just, that's just. I again, I, I, but in fair, a great uh, result, a great, a great result, result. A great and result, in yeah. fairness, Paul, like well, um, well, one of the great league of sorry, one of the great league of Ireland truisms is that every manager will always tell you that everyone else's budget is twice oh. as big as theirs. Oh. I, I would love it'd be really refreshing if a manager ever came out at one point and said, "Well, in fairness, our, our budget budgets. is bigger than theirs." You that's know? the problem. <laughs> that was yeah. a good result for us. Yeah, but that's the yeah. problem. That was a bad result for us. For me, that's that that like it doesn't exist anymore when somebody is honest that's what you're looking for yeah. if you can't be honest giving a many, wallet back you have so many people yeah. spinning yarn spoofing yeah. and anyone yeah. that knows anything it doesn't even have to be about football it could be about anything general yeah. life yeah so no many, I, so I, tend to, I tend to agree but um, in, in fair, it, it was sad to see the crowd was only like 750 or something like this ga- at this game it was a nice night for football and um, back in the day even if going out were struggling the magic of the cup in the early rounds is half gone because it would have been a good crowd at this Cork City were so bad I can't even begin to start about it and uh, Neil Finn has a big job on there but brilliant result for Galway United Dan you know a club that has we basically had nothing to cheer for two years now yeah well, I, I, at least I mean hopefully your quarter final with Rovers will proceed as planned, roughly, because could th- be a Saturday. Th- yeah. Thankfully, one of the other clubs isn't involved in the the, the chocolate cup yeah. in, uh, in in Scotland. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that that Galway Rovers could be one of the positive draws of the round because yeah. I think you've, you'll have obviously raised a bit of local awareness from that match exactly, and yeah. Rovers come with the town they'll bring a big crowd so at least you'll get that night you know you'll get something I from could the see, season I could see upwards of a thousand Rovers fans come to Galway if, if the date is right because they want to win the cup they love a trip to Galway and um, obviously they haven't been there in a while no. if they put a push behind it that's what the great. cup should be it should yeah. be like a, a Premier Division club coming to a lower division team although that's not where Galway probably should be over time but that's where, that's you, where, are. where, are. That's where yeah. you are that's where you are it should give you something you know Bowes won like. Longford won Paul um, apparently Longford were really yeah. excellent yeah. Sam Verdon um, <coughs> missed a penalty obviously um, yeah. but you know this could have gone either way This Bowes are really they're limping through in the cup because they've, yeah. they've had a couple of scares they now. have but yeah. even in the league I think their form is have not you seen great much of them? I have yeah, yeah I mean I think they're, I was actually speaking to Keith there on um Sunday out as um, the game for Locker. Ah, believe believe yeah. it or not, I did get out, yeah. How, what was <laughs> the... What was the, t- the that was pretty good, yeah. We, we promoted last week and unfortunately he passed yeah. away Yeah, in it was the terrible, yeah. But anyway, I was just speaking to Keith. They seem to have changed. I don't know. They're not playing as well as they played in the earlier part of the season. No, didn't season Possibly, yeah. yeah, possibly they sort of... I watched the um, Cork game and there was a few games that I've watched with them and they haven't been mm. as good as what they were earlier on how many but games do you get to, in the, uh, not, to be honest no I don't go with them Why don't you every sh- week should you not be going and keeping your eye in and no, making I mean, people think, see you that no, you're there no, no? I, think, I think there's some games I go to sometimes I don't but if a game is on the TV yeah you'll watch, watch it there TV. yeah okay, okay. like of yeah. course but I don't go every week no I don't right. I don't. But I may as well be honest about it yeah but you're still yeah. on top of what's going on in the league no yeah of, I yeah. do yeah well I mean I, like every Monday I make sure I do all my um, homework and yeah. check up on everything yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're you're yeah. working the civil service, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously you're you're uh, you're you're ten years. I'm off so. today, just in case anyone's listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, he's on flexi time. But um, great, great. Longford really could have done this. Yeah. To Dara Doyle, I was, I was actually speaking to um, a few people who were at the game neutrals and they were raving about Longford. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. they seem to have impressed a lot of people, you yeah. know. But um, well, Dara Doyle, it's 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 hard to know why mm. that will pan out. You know, he'll probably get the rest of the season, and then that'll determine how things go. Mm. I think I would have thought, you know, Ro- Rovers for Rovers for draw the nail. I mean, draw the team like they they played well for a while and then just it didn't work out. Glengad, Waterford, probably as you would expect, Waterford got it done later on. Bit of drama in the showgrounds. Sligo Rovers, Limerick. That was a mad game. Yeah, um, some some. Uh, 
some of the defending, I'd have to say, was 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 pretty poor. Some of the know? red cards as well. What was what was Dante Leverock doing? Some of the defending was just uh, was just kamikaze. Of, I have this image of like Robbie Williams walking around Limerick now with his arm in the air, appealing for offside <laughs> while people mm. around them go about their normal business. It was yeah, some uh, from experienced players. There was some curious curious defending in that game. There's a bit of a double whammy that I think for Cork. Because if I'm not mistaken, that the two boys missed the next cup game. Is it? That's the way it used oh, to be. Oh, for Sligo, rather. Yeah, yeah, rather than the league. So they have a semi-final or, um, yeah, or quarter-final coming up that they can't play in. Yeah, mm, um, yeah. and, and for, like the Sligo, again, the cup is huge for Sligo. Yeah. They have a reali- very realistic chance of getting the semi-final. Yeah, they play, they play UCD in the quarter-final. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Crumlin beat Luke, and we're hoping to have a guest from uh, Crumlin on Skype mm. next week to um, to chat about their um They big, play bowls, yeah. Just people might not be aware, sorry, that the reason we're talking about the, the cup f- f- fixtures is that the quarter-final draw, it's... It's uh, Crumlin against Bowes. It's Waterford against Dundalk. Um, and because Waterford and Bowes are both in the Tunnock's Wafers Chocolate Cup. Um, <laughs> right, and because Bowes, whatever it's called. And because of the, the formerly the Iron Brew Cup. Because, um, I guess, because Bowes pulled out of it last year. I think there's a sense that you know the Irish clubs need to fulfil their fixtures in that mm. competition. And they are down for the weekend of the Cup. Now, it also clashes with an international weekend. So it's possible that it's a, it might work out be a sort of a perfect storm that the games would have to be caught the cup games would have had to be called off anyway because of international call ups for the likes of El Bazzetti and well, we'll see actually if O'Connor the squad's name this afternoon so it might mm. be a date for people by the time this is listened to obviously Bowes will have Mandrio and Dara Leahy so I think they're going to play try and play those games anyway and the cup games get put back maybe to the Monday or Tuesday of the following week but it's not really ideal we do have Gobbler Gobble- you, Gobble- you can't have the quarterfinals of the cup on a Monday night yeah, like, I think it happened last ab- year with Derry and Bowes, didn't it? So like, um, that's an absolute joke. This competition should be given way more promise. I know. Um, so hang on, why, I, per- why you don't like having cup games on a Monday night? Replays is fine. Uh, ah, yeah, come okay. here. Okay, okay. The quarterfinals of the cup midweek. You're kidding me, like that, that. Like, and the fact that it's clashing with not only the the twenty ones, but the international weekend and this super competition in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I think it's a joke. I I know where the fixtures have been a big problem, and um, but like the cup quarter final should be a big deal for a Galway United fan. Yeah, it feels yeah, like yeah. a massive deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're getting into the Aviva Stadium. You're getting mm-hmm. a place in Europe. It's a huge draw. I, like. I, I I definitely agree with you, um, Johnny. I mean, like even from the very first time I was um, involved in the FAI Cup. How many times do you win it? Um, seven. Seven? Yeah. Um, just the seven. Just the seven. It's always uh, as a player? No, no, no. You draw, were you the draw the manager when they yeah, won it? Yeah, yeah, in, in, in Lansdowne. In Lansdowne, yeah. yeah. But I think when you look at the, the, the Challenge Cup, I'm not going to say what Dan said because yeah. he said it so sweetly. Yeah, he Spears did. Upon. He did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, always had to pull out a competition last year. Yeah. And you don't want the same thing starting again if mm. they do go further on. Mm. It seems like we're the only t- uh, country that air season is summer soccer. Mm. Winter up the north. Scotland, England and Wales is all winter football. Mm. And that throws a complete, completely different, in my opinion, outlook on Are it. Are you not a fan of summer, f- um, summer football? N- no, I'm saying the competition. In yeah, terms just on the context. Just, ju- just on the context of what you're talking about. Both couldn't fulfil last year's one. So how there's mm. already talk about games being off, cup games being off. It, it just causes too much trouble. Mm. I'm not sure if it's worth it. What's the, the bloody end. point of it anyway? I, I don't mind the competition. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. I don't mind the competitions playing against different countries and mm. different teams. I think it's good for um, for clubs. It's but if it's causing so much hassle, no. Yeah. The, the, the point of it, I think, is like you don't know the way the football that football is going. 
and um, I think the concept of like when we're talking about an all islands league at the moment, like the concept of like you know competitions across borders, uh, in you know with smaller leagues is something that maybe smaller leagues are going to have to look at. Who knows what way the game goes if there's a super league and stuff? Yeah. So I'm not against the concept yeah, of no. of of clubs across you know yeah. across jurisdictions yeah. playing in tournaments, but I think like the slide the optics of this one is that it's. Like it is put us on a on a like it, like it's it's the semi professional Scottish clubs or it's their the Colts or twenty three teams. Yeah. So oh, I don't I don't see the you know so it's so yeah. uh, maybe is it is it a exploratory one with a view to something else Absolutely. down the line? So so I can see the logic of the of exploring the idea, but it just seems to be causing more problems now than it is yeah. Yeah. than I, it is positivity. I, I think it's it. an absolute load of bollocks, to be honest. And um, the fact that it's clashing with the cup quarter final weekend is, is a joke. What do you feel about the All Island League idea, Paul? Um, well, look, I think uh, a number of years ago you were probably um, a part of it yourself, Dan. At the time the Santa Cup was on, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, mm. um, the Santa Cup, I really did. I th- even when we weren't in it, by the way, I still thought it was very good. It would remind you a bit of European competition. You're playing on Friday, played on a Monday or a Tuesday. Mm. And I think at the time, um, the all Ireland League was sort of muted. It was, it was touted about by various um, different people. Because I remember um, the directors in Drada were talking to me and talking about there's, there's, a, there's a thing going to be for an all Ireland League and all. And I think if you're talking about it now... Like, it's probably, I don't know, well, people tell you there's no money in the league and what have you. Um, back then, it w- like, the league was good, it was strong. The Irish League was strong. Linfield, always strong. Uh, Glen Torum were good at the time. And I really enjoyed it. Whether you could get it now, I'm sure Brexit would have a huge um, bearing on us. Um, if you, it wanna, was. you wanna see Windsor Park the other night, like the, the and just the thought the European of, game, just the thought of Rovers going yeah. up there, Derry going up there, yeah. Dundalk, and and we travelled from Dundalk. It was like we're, yeah. you'd be in Windsor quicker than you wouldn't at a Dundalk. Well, we game. played up there with Drod in this final, yeah, in, uh, against Linfield. And yeah. you're right. I mean, it's, 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 it's I haven't been there ne- since it's the new stadium. Padded seats, all really, over the ground. really, really good, and you know, I mean, they're a big club, and, yeah. You know, and I mean, great credit, and we must mention them on the European result against Carabao. Yeah, you have to, Pat you just have obviously to, involved yeah, you but just have to me- yeah. mention because I mean, again, too, if you're talking about the All Ireland League, I feel you have to break away from the FAI if you want yeah, to have a league. Yeah. And again, in my opinion, and I've always stated this, it's not just now going back, and it doesn't change for me. If you want to have a professional league, not a professional one club or two clubs, a league, you need money. Money has to come in. You have to have money to improve everything, in yeah. my opinion. Like if, if they you want to put three hundred grand towards a walk and maybe put it towards prize money, like where where do we stand at? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I have a story today just about where things stand, and, and like there's, there was a meeting of the National League Executive Committee yesterday, which has actually changed. Like the, that 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 committee has been there for some time, but. I, who sat in it and, and, and who actually was a part of it is, is a, a it's notable you've slumped back is, into is, the is couch it, as if you're just tired of uh, it's a matter for another day but there, there is now like five club representatives on the National League Executive Committee and they, they have had a meeting and I think the most recent and I'm not to misrepresent what happened in the meeting but essentially what's going to happen is there's a workshop in the Aviva on September the 10th where I think Kieran Lucid will again present um, I'm not sure where Niall Quinn's group really stand now Um and then at the end of October, from the FEI side of things, they are pushing clubs to make a decision on their future. The problem we have is that the options on the table, Kieran Lucid is one, okay? And that's well that's that's well documented what that involves. Um, I think that, that the descendings from the southern side of the border would be 
that they're not really sure and they've heard things that would make them feel that actually the level of Northern Irish commitment to this may not be as strong as we're being led to believe that and while they will talk and 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 engage in discussions that's one thing but when a push comes to shove are they committed that's a matter of debate and there's lack of certainty about that and, and about the IFA and stuff and actually the fact that Linfield have done well in Europe now and they're getting their European place back then all of a sudden maybe it's not a crisis anymore and not only that Gantan sorry the, who's, who's not to say they're not guaranteed that they are up there they're guaranteed it, which means if they were to win the league most years which they're challenging or at least in Europe they're guaranteed they're half a million and maybe adding on when you look at them this year so they might say hold on a minute this is the time to be in Europe is when all the finances yeah. are there. Funny, now, it's now funny I did, I up there. I was at two, yeah. sorry, just at two European games this year, both won by the Irish League side and you come away from the ground thing the Northern Ireland League is less likely from both. Well, I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't even sure, be so sure that Linfield are a problem. It might be the other clubs. Right? But that's just that's just They're big the enough. Yeah, they're big so enough, so yeah. the, the, other, the other issue is that the, the, this hybrid model that was being discussed was that that there would be a, a model that's run between the clubs and the league, like like what exists up in in the north with the yeah. NIFL, then the Northern Irish Football League. Yeah, well, yeah, that it's a third party, so the ownership is actually, you know, the, the the legal ownership is a third party company with the the association and the clubs having a certain amount of shares in it. Right, that was was on the agenda before the madness that's happened. That's still sort of on the agenda. But but one of the big problems we have is that it's caught up with the FEI crisis that exists at the moment. Um, the FEI are in the middle of, of undergoing like a financial review of where they stand over everything. And Paul knows the, the climate there well. We'll talk, maybe talk about that in a second. Um, but they have to almost draw budgetary plans going forward. The club is still trying to find out how much money actually the league costs to run. They're still looking for updated accounts for the League of Ireland, what the what the actual cost of it is. But the FEI, I'm not sure if they know themselves how much they can afford to spend on the league going forward. So is there a third option, which is almost like the, the southern clubs just break away on their own? But do they have the strength... To, to do that so you have an all-island plan that no one knows if it's really going to happen so do you vote for that or the flip side you have staying in your own territory here without knowing how much money there really is to put into it so I, I think like I wouldn't be very optimistic about what I'm hearing at all um, and it's possible that, 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 that Lucid could be given the green light okay we're going to go with you but then he might find um, well actually have they got the buy-in from North have they got the buy-in from UEFA which I'm not sure if they've been approached formally yet and, as much as you and, hear and, the from, and from money like the money yeah, that they need because so, he's, he's a little bit vague so on that I think we're in like, and, and there's no doubt that the overall shitstorm around the FEI um, is, is a massive factor mm. because I'm not sure if they can even make any financial commitments mm. um, of, of the level why, that's needed yeah but that's probably why you need to sort of have a breakaway league mm. and try and get investment that way. Has, has, is that not the one Noel Quinn? Well, Noel Quinn, yeah, but it's very unclear where Quinn stands then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that there's yeah, been... Yeah. Um, I think either way. There's been attempts to establish where they stand. And Ke- it's, Kieran it's Foley's still very much monitoring what's going on and mm. we had him on the show and all that. Um, but th- there's an awful lot of money in the country. It could go into the league. It's just, mm. as you say, Dan... It's very hard to know where this is going. Exactly. The FBI situation is is yeah. is pretty worrying, Paul. Isn't like it? I think, you know? yeah. Well, but just before you go and um, talk about that, I think if you're going to have a league, for me, you, the league you want is when someone comes out and says, "Well, okay, we're going to have a 16 team league, and it's going to be where Joe Bloggs." We have 16 people who are prepared to put in 2 million quid this year and going forward for the next five years. You need a then I look and I say to myself, yeah. Mm, yeah. that looks like it might be all right there. Yeah. But nobody has come out and actually says, 
this is what we're going to do. The, the finances, no one knows, just like what you're saying there. I haven't heard really. Now, I know it's probably um, in the early stages, maybe nobody is, but you need finance. If you're talking about a proper league, a full-time league, that's what you need. You need finances. Yeah. And I mean, that's, well, that's if the you look biggest at the thing. Premi- if you look at the Premier Division, Paul, obviously UCD have had a kind of a mid-season collapse losing players. Um, yeah. Finn Harps wouldn't, wouldn't be full-time, no. obviously. You've had Watford who've had kind of issues with um, with this and that as well. Cork City have had a very poor season. Sligo yeah. Rovers, all these teams are same Pats are kind of reliant on a sugar daddy. Um, Derry City more or less the same. Bows are doing quite prudently. Rovers and the Dock getting the European money. But a lot of these, it's a it's a it's foundations yeah. based on sand because there's no mo- there's no prize money, no TV money, and um, yeah, yeah, so it's basically no no sponsorship yeah. money really coming into the league. We're talking about, but that's what so I'm saying. You have you to need have finance. You need finance. The only thing I'm thinking about Kieran Lewis is like there was an interview with him this week with this week where he, he's still he, the money isn't there, but the promise is kind of there, but and that's what the, the clubs need to be. Sure, sure exactly. There, like. that, until someone comes out, that's exactly what um, I mean. And someone, until somebody comes out and um, and says that, I think um, the day at the Mansion House. Yeah, the stakeholders forum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there, and what did you know, make of it? Well, again, too. Look, I mean, I just um, was, was was just sitting listening there to it. But as I said, nobody. I think Noel Quinn was probably the main person of it, and I think at the time. He said he couldn't really say too much because the draft was coming out in the afternoon. Well, I sort of said to myself, well, then we all should have had that meeting a week later rather than before it. And, and I said, when somebody stands up and says, this is what we're going to do, we're going to have a breakaway league and we're going to put this much money into each club and then it's going to continue going forward. Mm. Then I say, hmm, then you'll find you might have a competitive league, yeah. not just a competitive two or three clubs, exactly. a competitive exactly. league. Exactly. And I think when you go back to a number of years ago, in the League of Ireland when there, like, there was um, money in the country and it seems to be there again for some reason. I don't know whether it's in football. The league was good. It was a strong league. A lot of but it wasn't sustainable though. N- no, possibly not. Possibly not. But then I'm saying is that it's a lot better than what it is now. That at was the before moment. European money as well, Dan. Like yeah, yeah I mean, I think it was 120 money. grand yeah. for um, Champions League. It wasn't proper yeah, money. Wasn't no, that, was the, yeah, no yeah. that that is a fair point. Yeah. But the model, of no, prefer- it wasn't the model of professionalism that we had before wasn't yeah. because it was all tied in with property plays and and absolutely and you know yeah. you know the, the stadiums and you know the yeah, situation right, draw yeah. like you know to to move into that level of spending again. I think some clubs are starting to go that way I think there's some of them are, are even matching it I, 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 I think they are mm. you know, I think there's no yeah. doubt that they are yeah. but, the, but the European money probably insulates them a small bit more mm. but not but not dramatically yeah. so um, but like, it needs but the, it. all those clubs in the middle tier you see this is the problem mm. that they like you know they need to get to that next level to get near the dark rovers they need to do spending that they can't really afford to exactly. do exactly. so you're, you're stuck in a in a, in a weird sort of chicken exactly. and egg yeah. situation and, and, and you're, you are looking at like rovers and dundalk some of their recent results and you're kind of worried about um where next season could be if they start kicking on again because you don't want two. Well, I mean, the dark are going to kick on because yeah, but let's be fair, they look like they're going to win the league again. Mm, they, they, and yeah, straight into the Champions League. You just get one result in that, and you have six games. I'll, I'll tell. Yeah, or like maybe more. One point two million. Yeah, yeah. and um, that's, that's that's just like every year, and it needs something. The league needs something because it'll end up. The one club league or the two club yeah, league, and I mean, and, and like it's as, not as strong as enough. The league is not strong. What have you made of the the FAI, like the the, the so called reforms of the FAI part? Um, well, to be honest, uh, Dan, um, the reform thing, I, I like I don't really um, read about it. I don't really. 
sort of get involved in it. I mean, you listen to there's various different people. There's there's what, what looks like to me. There's other people trying to plug their mates and get them in. And it's the same. The seems to be the same all the way around. Well, we had a very but interesting moment where Donald Connolly didn't Donald Conway didn't come on for the FAI Cup draw, yeah. which apparently he was supposed to do on Monday, yeah. was it? Um, which was just didn't the optics weren't good again. Yeah. Well, I'm not really as I said sort of You're on, not that on top side of that stuff. No, mm. no, not. But really, but but no. from the perspective of having worked in there when things were financially tight. Mm. It's obviously a source of frustration. Some of some of what you're hearing, I would I would imagine. Yeah, possibly. But I mean, I would have never thought that it was to the level of what it is um, mm. at the moment. Um, I think that it, like it was tough. There's no doubt about that. Definitely was at the time. But so was everywhere else. You know what I mean? The, the league was even tougher. You know. But I do think if like I also thought when they were um, at the forum that they want the FAI to put the money in. But if you think about it, the FAI that's not their business. Their business is international teams. It's not a club team. They run the league, maybe because when they took it over, it needed something that time. Because I remember we had a, a sort of a forum ourselves. They took us to um, San Marino. Oh, for yes, the international the managers. Matches. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. That's right, and there was a discussion about various things. And again, too, um, this is why, as I said, like, like you say to yourself about forums, and I mean, like, it's just hard to, to sort of fathom what goes on or what, what was going on. Because when I was in there, I sort of kept myself to myself. I, like, I did what I was there for to do, which was manage the under-19s. But, I mean, I, I always found it strange, right, that it was one organisation and yet there were so many people pulling in different directions. You just wouldn't, you couldn't really trust one person. And that's, that's how dictatorships work, though. But, but, but like, again, too, um, it was just strange because... Obviously, when you're in a club, you'd imagine everyone is pulling behind that one club um, when you're there. But it was the first time I worked in an organisation. And, like, it was tough and it was hard. And there wasn't some nice things done to me. But, I mean, there's no point in, in going back. Well, just say, um, can you explain something? No, 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 not really, uh, Johnny, to be honest. And I think the one thing I would say is, though, it's very easy now to bash the FAI. But at least I went in and spoke to John Delaney and there was another person at that meeting. And um, I felt and said what I felt um, and what I told him. He may not. When was this? Three years ago. <laughs> so uh, it's easy to do it now when everybody is doing it now. How but did you the find Delaney to deal with? I didn't really deal with him, to be honest with you. I didn't really see him. Mm. You know? So again, to look, as I said, um, I did find it a bit like that. And that's not only at the top level, that was at the bottom level too. When you say they were pulling in different directions, how do you mean? Well, I mean, there was always people doing different things. And they were, like, like, I have to say, so I'm saying, it wasn't sort of uh, like a together thing. It's only a f- now. A football family. Yeah, I didn't think. And I just thought, that's um, it was like after being over, and it was tough. I mean, like at the time, it was a hard gig, and people think it's easy. It's not that easy, mm. and I wouldn't mind. It's funny at the time you look back, even now, to, to Tom Mounds nineteen. There are the two teams that got forward than anybody in the European Championships in the semi-finals, and um, the, um, the under nineteen's men's team, mm. yeah. and it's the hardest gig. In it, you, you, people might. It's easy for someone to say, "Ah, it's an easy gig." Maybe Brian Kerr might say, "Said to me one day, it's an easy gig." Not that easy now at the moment, and that's why I give great credit to Tom Moan There, I spoke to him there last week um, after the 19s had come back. I mean, they're doing brilliant, absolutely brilliant, yeah. to do what they did. And you know, to get to the semi-final, it's not easy. Um, our f- what is it, 53 or 54 countries? Eight teams uh, qualify. Eight, eight you did teams. in 2011. Seven, seven oh, plus the host. Yeah. Seven teams mm. um, qualify. And at the time I was there, sure, I think it was swept under the carpet when we uh, reached the semi-final. And uh, now it's totally the RTE show the games, which is great. And again, as well, too, it was a tough time. There was no matches, really. And the year I qualified for the Euros, the following year, I think I had one friendly leading into the um, 
the, uh, uh, the why was that? Why was why? no money? No money. Yeah. No money. Yeah. So they had you, used that on the on the, um, the, va- the van the thing. finals. No, the finals. Oh, okay. Yeah, because probably didn't think we'd reach the finals. <laughs> right. In the first year. You oh, know. so when you qualified, yeah. they had to. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's fine. But I mean, it was tough. Where now? Um, that's why I say. I mean, they were very good. I, I, like I definitely thought the team, um, this year were really, really good. Just unfortunately, you need a lot of things stacked in your favour. If you were to get to a European final just, at that level, just w- mm. without this wanting to sound like a job interview, mm. just if you were to explain your managerial career in, in one minute or two from UCD to Cork to um, Drogheda, obviously, uh, and and uh, on the underage, mm. how would you how would you assess you got on, and what was it like at UCD in the early days, and where do you stand now? Because you know there are a lot of jobs out there, obviously now. Yeah, well, you've been out of the game a long time in terms of League of Ireland. Yeah, well, I'd say it would probably be precise three years, Johnny. <laughs> three mm. years. You haven't uh, managed in the League of Ireland for over a decade. Yeah, but that's not a problem. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be the first international manager to take a club job. Yeah, uh, after I finished, you know. Mm. So, I think at the time with UCD, I thought it was brilliant. I thought they were. Um, it was a great opportunity for me. Um, I was still playing at the time as well, and I think when you look at it now, and I remember saying this um, probably at the soccer writers day, and you might have been there. Um, was this the time you, you won the award? And you- <laughs> And you, 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 you gave a, a golden cleric style speech of his father Ted, was it? No, I think, I think um, at that time, probably your career wasn't based on your qualification. Your career as a coach would have been based on your playing career. And as, like as I said before, I'm not behind the door about it. I probably should have started with Real Madrid if that was the case. You did, it didn't matter whether you had an A license, a B license, a pro license, whatever it is. It was, how, did, how was he as a player? And by the way, it's still going on a bit like that now at the moment. What was he like as a player? Did he do it? Yeah. So I couldn't get a job. I ended up um, going out to UCD, Martin Martin, and I'm always indebted to him. Even if I say him today, I'd say Played him, Astro with his son yesterday. Yeah, the I'd say thanks yeah. to him um, for giving us the start. And um, I went out and it was really great. So I think also too, when people talk about nowadays... If you looked at my career going forward, uh, probably later on, UCD were all younger players. The mm-hmm. 19s were younger players. So don't say to me, well, he can only deal with professional players. I've dealt with all age groups. What happened with, Jack Byrne? You, but, but, okay, well. what happened with Jack Byrne, actually? Because you, yourself and Jack didn't seem to work. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. yeah like at the, the time, no, no, no. And I think uh, at the time, in my opinion, again, this is my opinion as a mm. coach and um, what I have to think about as um, squad players and, and, and groups of players. Um, I just thought discipline-wise, no, at that time. Plus, he's, he's definitely improved as a player. There's no doubt he's really good. You could see he was quite good as well when he was that age group. Really good. He's only he's playing, quite good. No, he's playing really well at the moment. Really well. But I think he's disciplined. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be the first player that I left out. And he, he would often meet you now and say, listen, you are right. Um, Paul to leave me out are you right not to do this maybe he won't but I'm not saying he should either but the point I'm saying is at that age you, have you need discipline I wouldn't even say you need discipline in younger players whatever about to the top level at senior international and I still even think then you need discipline in your groups but at senior level it's a totally different ball game yeah. but leading into that I think you need it you, you as under 19 manager you, you weren't afraid to leave out lads who might have been the highest profile players no. in the group no. um, would Robbie Brady have been another the, the Robbie didn't make it to yeah. um, to um, the Euros with us he didn't um, he, he wasn't in the elite squad and that, and that really wasn't down to me but I, I, I'm not going to bother going into it okay. he's a smashing player an excellent um, um, guy as well but I think when you look 
he probably always knew he was going to go to the senior team. But the problem for me was when I was there, if you were trying to put discipline to somebody, somebody above your picture, well then you're wasting your time. And in my opinion... You're undermined. Exactly. And if you're talking about as an international... You, you, like there should be some sort of discipline or, 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 or representing your country to have some sort of pride and behaviour in my opinion, and that's and I, still to this day, I won't change this business about. Well, it's a different era now. Players, not that's a load of rubbish. Mm. Load of rubbish. Do you think Pep Guardiola? I don't know, but what it seems like to me, do you think he wouldn't get on top of his players and say to them, "Listen, you do this and this." That's 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 what it seems like the norm is there for me, and he doesn't have a problem. You mentioned there, Paul, about the perception that you know you can only work with professional players, and I think that probably does exist. That like, you know, for you to work to your best, you would need a, like a full time club with 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 a certain resources and so on. Would you look at any of the I say inverted commas part time jobs that are there now? Well, let me and say be this interested to Dan, in them, Roy. That's that's people's perception. That's a, that's perception. Did anyone ask me? No. So I've just given it to you. Remember, my career wasn't always in Drada. And Drada weren't always at the top. They were second from bottom when I took them. Mm. So if you're talking about the managers that are getting jobs nowadays and the coaches, I, it's a difficult gig being a coach. And I don't really say, like, to be fair, say that lightly. But some of them are just not ready for them, just not ready for the jobs. And also, the, probably the big thing for me is, and not only that, my, the coaches in my, um, um, pro, let's, well, I won't say age group or air, whatever you want to put it, or the course that we started, none of us have a, like are working in the league. None of us from the first pro license have a job in the league. Who, are you, who are you talking there? Like, well, you have um, Pat Fenlon, John McDonald, Damien Richardson, Brian Kerr, Paul Doolan, um, who else? Pat Dolan done it, um, Tony Mannion done it, and whatever. So, with all due respect, I'm not sure how many of them no, no, actually maybe, want a job in the league. Fine, at the moment, maybe people think people, I'm people 86 see, instead of 56. I, I, I don't know. If it's, I think people are afraid of you because of your combative style or something like that, and they think you're too demanding. And I would, I was yeah, just saying that this. Hold I was, on for a minute. No, I was crossing on. the Liffey coming over here this morning. <laughs> it's always great to kind of clear the air. And I was like, how is this man not managing right, the game? Because in fairness, he, he did see me having. I was having like a cake at the stakeholders forum, and as I walked in the door, and he just looked at me, and I was like, Jesus. Christ, Paul. Demanding. <laughs> no, Demand standards. No, and you're right. Here. Yeah, you're right. Just, now, John, you have to elaborate on that, yeah. right? Because uh, you says the, um, 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 to, uh, like, to the man, from who? The players? I don't see a problem with that. I don't, I don't see I don't, yeah, I don't, unless, unless the board think well you're going to demand an awful lot well, have of, anyone um, asked me has anybody asked me when was your well, last when was your last job there's interview? some clubs when was your last job interview? you don't need to say the club when was your last job interview in the League of Ireland um, nine years ago the FAI that was your last job interview, interview yeah. how many have you applied for in the meantime um, three years ago when I was out of the FAI um, somebody passed me a message that I am. Um, if you had applied for Rovers there, you would have got. I wouldn't do that. I was working for the FAI. Okay. I was working for any club. You, you applied for Galway United, didn't you? Back applied, in the day? applied for Shamrock Rovers when um, Trevor Crowley left, mm -hmm. and I didn't even get a phone call back. They mm. even say, "Listen, Paul, you played for Shamrock Rovers. You won two doubles, and you had ever three did, years. Did, 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 no, no correspondence, no correspondence back whatsoever. I think that's absolutely disgraceful, and and that's like me applying for a job. If I applied for a job. In any walk of life, or if we're working for Ladbrokes in town and Abbey Streets yeah. behind the counter, I'd like at least a courtesy to say, and I didn't give uh, 10 or 15 years service Now, I sent them, in whatever. my CV, and um, person dropped it in for me, and then I assume it went in. Now, maybe the person didn't drop it in. I couldn't tell you. God, um, yeah. We'll we, we give Rovers the right yeah, to Yeah, I think just, yeah, just be careful here. Yeah, yeah, Galway yeah, United, did Galway United get back to you? I, um, I actually read, read Galway United on the, um, the website, and I just said to myself, I can remember the... Um, the sort of general um, what um, was required. So it came down to the things you needed to do. You needed to have a professional license. You needed to have been successful. You needed to have worked in the league. 
you need to have a proven track record. You need to, to know this and that. So I looked and I says, yeah, I think I might just, ha might have them. I might. Now, I don't know. I just might. So I said, I'd send it in. Sure, sure, sure what you were looking for was um, some really, really top manager. And then the person they appointed in Shane, you'd say to yourself, I think he hadn't even got a qualification. The pro I'm not sure if he had it done. I don't know. I'm at that sure time, with yeah, 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 I'm not sure. At the time, was at Wexford Jutes. Um, um, so I remember saying, "Well, the criteria stage, you need to have this, 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 and mm. this." And was well, it? See, but Shane was working at that time and had mm. got promotion. With it, mm. oh, it was just about to get, you know, had got promoted with a club. Although no, he did. It, well, no, he they, just, they, they, they went down that year. Sorry, yeah. but the whole point is, you're coming back to the age thing. That is there an element of clubs are more likely to look to their opinion of what the next big thing might be as opposed to well, the, the I mean, proven... Because yeah. that's, I mean, that's where jobs invariably go. Like, Neil mm. Fenn has got the job at Cork because mm. he's coming from Longford where he's in work. Yeah, but you know, and, and there's a sense of, well, we need to take this... Yeah, but I mean, when I, finished, when I finished in the FAI, there was work going around. So there we're, we're talking about it. And I didn't even get a phone call back mm. to say, kiss me arse, no. And I would have said, that's fine. But would you but work for a part-time club? Well, again, do I work now? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Say UCD, so I can. UCD is available so for argument's sake. People don't even know. And again, I go back to that word perception. Mm. People have a perception. Why don't you just ask and say, well, would you do that? Yeah, no. Mm. No problem. Mm. So you're open to phone calls from people who want to talk well, to you. The only thing I'd say to you is, no one knows my situation, really. What options I have? Nobody. I find it amazing the, the, that more people don't uh, understand the calibre of people that is out there. But you're right. It's not just about mm. me. There's a lot of other managers. Some that maybe not want it. Mm. But I think at 56. Well, we'll see what happens, Paul. But hopefully, you know. Yeah. Something, we, I'd love to have you back in the so, game. Something anyway. comes your way. Well, you, know? you never know. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's like what I say. And people often say, you don't apply for jobs. I applied for two and didn't get a phone call back. Mm. Now, the one thing about it is, I'm not saying I'm a great coach. But what I am saying is I am a spoofer and I'm honest and I respect people. But I think it's just a lack of respect from people. They think, you're right, you said it. These clubs are appointed people they think they think are the next greatest team. There's a lot of spoofers out there in your opinion. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, and, without, and I'm not behind the door about saying it. And that's being honest with you. We're going to wrap up. Um, we don't have time, but where do you think you'll be this time next year? Probably back here with you and Dan. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I'll be back here again and I'll be saying, no, I've no interest in football. Yeah, maybe you'll just be <laughs> totally fed up. Paul, thanks a million for coming no in. No problem. Yeah. Thanks, Cheers, Paul. Thanks to Paul for coming in. Um, always an intriguing character to have in. You know, we, we obviously read Neil Horgan's uh, Cork City books and, uh, you know, Alan Cawley would be friendly with who, who um, was a big fan of Doolo and his time under him at UCD. And there's no doubt, he's not everyone's cup of tea in terms of players, probably in terms of like chairman and all that, but um, he's a loss to the league, Dan. Yeah, no, I'd love, to, I'd love to see someone take the chance. Uh, I say take the chance. I don't think he would actually feel exactly. that way. No, no, it's, not, yeah. it's, it's obviously just, um, but I think like the longer you're at work, the harder it is to get back in. That's a fact. And um, I think uh, the one thing I always say about like the Paul Dillon teams when I mention it, I only joke about that story, but like, you know, meeting him at the stakeholders for me, he was just looking at me as I was just holding this like croissant or something in my hand. He's like, you know, looking, like, hang on, Paul, I'm just, you know, I'm not exactly an athlete here, but he, he is quite demanding. I think a full time club, if you had concerns about, say, you know, the player's lifestyle or stuff like that, I think, you know, th those draw the teams, like, they were always very fit, you know, and I think he weeded out anyone that was wasn't a great pro in the club. So I can see why certain teams at a certain point in history would need someone 
like him. You know, if you're talking, he has worked with full time clubs, but obviously, I think. Um, he would have a full time mindset at that club if he was there, you know. So I, I can see the attraction, but anyway, um, we'll move will on he be for, in a job we'll, we'll next move, season? It's hard to know. Mm. I, I, can't, I can't predict. I mean, there could be see, there could be a domino effect from this merry-go-round now. Like it's hard to know what way it'll go. Like what happens if Pats go for someone who's working somewhere else? I'm not saying that they are, but I'm just saying it could it could set off a chain in the right club at the right time. Uh, it, it could come up. Who knows? Um, I said we said earlier we had some Declan Devine audio. It's this is from after the game last Friday. Um, in the aftermath of the game, he he spoke to myself and he was speaking to a couple of the locals as well. And he just uh, yeah, just reflecting on the game. I think he initially spoke about how I guess the pride he still took from going head to head with Dundalk over not just this game but across the season. And obviously, there's one more to come with the League Cup final. We've came short tonight. It's it's a hard one they they swallow, but. The one thing that we are judging ourselves on, Dundalk are the best team in this country. Dundalk are the benchmark in Irish football. And, you know, that's three games now that we've went toe-to-toe with them. And, um, we will take positives out of it, but tonight we have to, we have to lick our wounds and, and suck it up. You have a very young team, a very young squad, but the learning for them we've talked about before, it must be massive from a night like this. It is, it has to be massive and we have to learn from it because, you know, uh, it's very fine margins. Um, we've got to make sure that you know this doesn't happen again. That we give away soft things that's soft. We have to embrace our our game intelligence has got to be better and, and knowing when to kill games off. And you know it was just it was just very unfortunate they end up because I thought we'd be in extra time. Our fitness levels they go to be they look further than Dundalk in extra time is is credit to the people that we have at this football club. They go and play them the way they'll be played in an expansive manner and. You know, it's it's credit to the players, but look, we're no no moral victories here tonight. We're out of the cup, but um, when we look back on it and we reflect on it, come Sunday and Monday, you know, we've got to make sure that we tighten up in certain areas and and not give away soft goals. So we're gutted, we're absolutely gutted, but at the same time, I'm delighted with the application of the players. They've given us so much since they came here, and tonight felt like the old Derry City. Tonight felt like a brandy well that was proper back and top Irish football again and people going toe to toe with the best and, and that's ultimately what we want to try and achieve over a longer period of time. A big loss was Greg. Greg's a big loss of course he is, he's a fantastic player, he's power and his strength and the first goal he scores is a wonderful goal and you know I think Greg's slog will only get better but hopefully his injury is not as, as serious as we fear. And your focus now is Friday? Of course, we've got to go to RSC which will be a tough game for us, be a very difficult game. Um, we've. But the one thing that we have, we're going to have a couple of suspensions. We'll bring David Parkhouse back on. But I think you see tonight with the impact of the substitutes, you know, to be able to bring Darren McCauley, Barry McNamee, Karen Harkin, and Jack Malone on, it shows you we've a bit of strength and depth ourselves. But uh, we'll suck it up over the weekend and we'll get ourselves ready for a huge game in Waterford on Friday. Thinking you really used the crowd tonight too, and they were brilliant. Up those shades of Stephen Kenny, who brought more to Southend. That gave us a boost. They were brilliant, too. The crowd were brilliant, and the crowd will always be brilliant when they see application on the pitch, and they see effort, and they see determination, and they see a work ethic. You know, we are only a reflection of our people here at this club, and our people are hard-working people in this city that, that that have to fight for everything. I've said this in my press conference when I was. Everybody in this city has had to fight for everything they've had, and. For us, they, they finish this season in a real positive, won a trophy and poss- possibly qualify for Europe. We have to fight for everything that we, we, we have we have stood for over the course of the last eight months. So there's a lot of fighting to be done. There's a lot of blood, sweat and tears to be done over the next six, seven weeks. And 
if we can do that, then look, we'll look back and reflect back on this season at the end up and say, right, well, if we can strengthen in certain areas, then we, we, we were more in a match for a lot of teams in this in this country. I like that Pat Hogan, Pat and I going they're all talking about the treble or leading under the game. What's that it play in your minds? You know, there's a lot of football to be played before. Yeah. Look, they do, I'm sure Shamrock Rovers will suddenly say about that. I'm sure Bohemians will suddenly say about that. Um, we'll certainly have suddenly say about that when the League Cup comes around. But let's not underestimate how good Dundalk are. They're fantastic side with fantastic individual players. When you're able to bring the likes of Patrick Michaelhoney on and Georgie Kelly, two people that have served this club well in the past. And, you know, they had a huge impact on it. So look, trebles. I remember Stephen Kenny saying trebles were for darts and that is ultimately what it's about. You know what I mean? If if, if Dundalk go on and won the treble, fair play then. But ultimately all you have to do now is one in Waterford and that's that's our next goal. You mentioned about game intelligence, even at the end, like when Junior goes down with a bit of cramp. Are you looking for lads to appeal or call for it? Because there didn't seem to be anything. Well, that's, that's absolutely happen. right. That's that's you know the moments of the game where your experiences when they kill a game off. You see a player down. You know, like you look at some of the players on Dock have they manage the game really well. They know how to slow it down. They know how to quicken it up. Dave Massey was up and down all night getting a, a little breather. Chris Shields is the best in the country at, at, at managing games. You know, so look, they've they are where they are for a reason. Um, we're we're. We're, 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 we're doing really well we're doing really well that's not underestimate how good this team's doing but if there's certain aspects and we know the aspects that we have to improve some of them are mentally some of them are tactically from myself and some of them are technically so there's a lot of improvement that can be done but at the same time we've made great strides but we have to also understand that you know they can't, they can't afford to give away the goals in the manner we did tonight I know it's a very broad question, like how do you close that gap to the top two? I mean, you see someone like Daniel Lafferty signing for Shamrock Rovers today, another local that's going it's to play one, one of the big two. I mean, is that something? It's a big gap, it's a big gap, but we are where we are and we're, 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 we're happy with the players that we have at this club. I think, you know, our recruitment through Paddy McCourt at the start of the season was magnificent because we brought good people here, we brought people that had a point they proved. And we'll do that again in the off-season. It's about closing gaps, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, we have to understand that it's going to take a couple of transfer windows, but that application that the players are giving us, not just tonight, on a daily basis, they come on here and they work extremely hard and I'm gutted for them tonight, but it is about closing the gap on the top two, um, they, are, they are so far ahead, let's be honest, but in a 90 minute or 120 minute uh, game, we're more than a match for anybody in this league. We should mention as well uh, that there were two games on early on in this this week. Uh, UCD lost three 0 at Dundalk, and Rovers uh, stretched a little bit by Watford, but one two one. Daniel Lafferty made his debut. As, yeah, as mentioned for, there, in, um, <laughs> it seemed like Watford performed pretty well, and they, mm, they did rest ten co- men for most. They of did it. rest. Shevdukas sent off. Um, Rovers clearly uh, rested a couple of players. Jack didn't start, and a couple of others with Friday in mind, and obviously. You know they want to win the league and they're not giving up in the league, but they want to beat Bowes. I mean that's you know we can talk about the games this week: Cork, Sligo, UCD, Dundalk, Waterford, Derry, Finn Harps, Pats. There's various stories going on with each of them. How will Pats respond? You know with with Jer back in there. Um, Rovers you know, v Bowes is live in air sports. Yeah, you know you've got you know can Magic do something at Belfield against Dundalk having been undone? The Neil Fenn effect. What will that do for the crowd at Sligo? Um, but for Derry is, as, as, as Declan I mentioned there Derry want to try and bounce back but really Rovers Bowes is, is the game I was ha- I was having um, I was in the, the communal showers in the gym the other day and this Rovers fan came up to me hard looking uh, character and uh, we just started talking League of Ireland and he goes I want Bowes in the cup final we have a bit of business to settle 
And I was just like, <laughs> well, they are playing does, actually does Friday he, uh, night as Is well. he someone you'd met in the communal showers before? Uh, I didn't recognise him, no. You know, just... Uh, so are you basically saying you were recognised in the showers in the gym I by a Rovers fan? Uh, no, I was wearing Cork City's hogs. This yeah. is an interesting thing. I played yeah. Astro with you yesterday and you were wearing a pair of Cork City togs. But it must be said, they're very comfortable slash too big for you. They are too big for me, yeah. Yeah, they're more like three-quarter lengths, except they're yeah. not three-quarter lengths for the person uh, that, that owned them initially. I need to buy uh, I need to buy new shorts. But I in, think for the, the, Rovers, the fans Rovers of Cork City, you've always... Win the, Rovers are not likely going to win the league, but there's an embarrassing element if they can't beat Bowes at some stage or other, the, the, starting on Friday night. The, I'm sure the fans of Cork City would love to know the fact because they love you so much that you're walking around Dublin wearing Cork City training gear all the time. I wouldn't but say anyway, walking around Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> cycling yeah. around Dublin. Uh, they have to beat Bowes. Like they, I mean, psychologically, they can't have this hanging over them going into next season. Like you, you, and like you know, managers and players, and they'll come out and they'll say all the right things about. I listen. Certain things have gone against us in the games. You know, red cards, decisions, etc. Fair enough. That's fine. But like, if that happens once, that's a story. It's this is a, a, a culmination, a run of games against Bowes, where I think, like, while certain things went Bowes' way, I also think that tactically they've approached the games very well and cleverly, and they were, you know, they they've they've had a better mindset for the Derby games than Rovers have had. That's an indisputable. They've fact sold out their away allocation. Yeah, and I, I hope there's a massive crowd there. But like, it is hanging over Rovers. It is a like, and if they win, I'm sure that release will will be visible to all and sundry. Mm. But they can't really speak about it. And great detail beforehand and say well it's one of those things you know they, they fair chance they'll meet them in the cup at some stage this well, year it's not really, well it's not really Rovers will probably beat Galway uh, we, we, there's probably a percentage statistical thing we can we can say you know that will actually give us a, a, a statistical figure for the chances of the meeting do you, do you reckon it's going to be a Rovers and Dock final cup? I don't know because they yeah. might draw each other in the semis yeah which would be a one in three it could, could well happen Dan could, uh, be, the, I mean, could be the final to dream of I don't think it's going to be good radio or good podcasting to go through the theoretical cup draws that could happen Rovers in the Dock would be a good final it would be great yeah, yeah. Um, I saw I saw. I think it was a John O'Connor who listens to the pod uh, who's involved with Bowes he did put up some poll about you know how would how would people feel about Rovers Bowes final as in for the, for the fans of the clubs involved, would it be almost too nail biting and too tense and the you know thinking about what could go wrong, but nearly take away from the How joy of the occasion? Uh, well, it was it was snappier than that, um, <laughs> but it, 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 I, I didn't actually know what the vote was. I wasn't I wasn't eligible to vote, so I'm actually not sure who won it um, because it was very much for Rovers and Bowes fans. But yeah, like Rovers just have to deliver in one of these matches. I mean, like you, you could argue. That like I mean if they if they had a good record against both this season the league title race would still be well alive is like, a nil all draw a good result for Rovers on Friday night no <laughs> no no they have to win but both have had like a good week to prepare and you're thinking of Trevor Crawley putting in I completely agree they've been brilliantly prepared for these games like and, 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 and Keith Long as well like you and know Keith, I suppose he's obviously the manager John obviously but you, you got this idea of Crawley on the pitch with his on the training ground with his coaching and all that and obviously it's, it's a in, team in conjunction with Long who's they've had a great season all that we can't wait for that game uh, Cork City Watford on Monday local derby neither side told Totally out of the scrap for a second last, I think, yet or to avoid it. Sligo Rovers against Dundalk. That could be a huge game. You just you're thinking if Sligo could could get something, um, there might be some hope in the tight race, although I doubt it. At Londrahada, Galway, Limerick, Shelburne, Bray, Wexford, Longford, all Friday night in Division One. Um and then Cove Cabin TV. Shells could go up, obviously, depending Saturday. on the shells could go up depending on how results go. So um yeah, I mean it's hopefully that'll be a big night down in Talca for them either way. 
yeah, looking forward to the game Friday. I will hopefully see you there. Thanks very much to Paul Doon for coming in. Um, I think that's it, Dan, for episode 29. It is. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, we will. you'll hear from us next week for episode 30. I hope I will, I will. Why? Why wouldn't they hear from us next week? They might have something else to be doing. As right. in, like, they just mightn't bother listening. All right, okay. Um, we'll stick with us. But we'll do well to get anyone as commentative as Paul Doolan on next week. But uh, thanks for listening. But there are limits to your life.